Galatians chapter 5. We're in a series. The series is called Relating to God. Relating to God. And so I'm going to get a quick rundown on our series because this is our last part of the series. Um, And so first we talked about uh, Jacob. You remember Jacob in the desert? And he's walking through and he's going somewhere. And the Bible says that God, uh, Jacob has this huge encounter with God. And God says, like, says all this amazing stuff to him. Like, I'm never going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. And what happens with Jacob? He says, God was in this place, but I did not know it. Right? And what happened was we, we, we kind of read through the Bible and studied and found out that God is always with us. Amen? But his manifestation or his, the, the expression of his presence or the tangible presence of God is only an acknowledgement away. So simply when we acknowledge God and acknowledge him at that moment, God begins to manifest and express himself in that moment. So no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what, if you just take a moment to acknowledge the God who is, who is alive, he's well, he's risen, When you take that moment to acknowledge him, God begins to flood your heart with his spirit. But we 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 don't pray like that. We we pray like we're trying to teach our neighbor something. Or we pray like we pray like we're trying to help somebody out on how help somebody else out how to pray. Or we pray like God's really, really far away. But how many know God is here right now? And this worship service is nothing but saying, God, you're here, and we're going to worship you for who you are and what you have done for us. God is an acknowledgement. He's not far away. Stop praying like he's really far away. We've got to relate to God like that. We have to relate to God like he's right here. And then we can spend time and acknowledge, and, and man, we could, we could experience his presence. We could experience him in his fullness. The more that you acknowledge him, the more that you sit in his, and, and meditate on him, the more God floods your heart with his presence. That's why when you sit in a worship service for four hours, you walk away feeling like you were just drunk. Because, you, because you've just sat underneath a fountain of life for four hours. It's not because God was stronger there. It's not because God was there and not at your home. It's because you took time to acknowledge the God who was in that place. Amen. Jacob says, God was in this place, and I did not know it, or I didn't acknowledge it. Okay, and then the next week we talk about sit down. Remember that? Sit down. Read the story of the feeding of the thousands. Jesus fed the thousands, but before he fed them, what did he tell them to do? He told them to sit down. In our life, you're not going to find restoration in your body, in your soul, in your spirit, until you first sit down and rest in Christ on what he's done. Amen. On his goodness and his love. You got to learn to be a sitter, a good sitter, a good rester. The Bible says we've been seated in heaven, right? We've been seated in heavenly places. So we got to first learn how to sit down in Christ and what he's done for us. And as you sit down, you got to have faith that God's going to restore your soul and restore your body and restore you to a whole. But you can't expect to be restored until you first sit down and rest in God. And as you sit down and rest, God doesn't always speak, but God always feeds. 
He doesn't always speak to you, but he will always feed you. And so you got to have faith that, God, as I sit here and wait on you, you're going to feed and restore me. I challenge you again today, let that be a daily pursuit. Sitting and resting in God doesn't mean you're lethargic and passive. Sitting in Christ is an aggressive pursuit to rest in him and what he's done for you. Does that make sense? Don't be lethargic and lazy and passive and say, well, I'm just resting in Jesus. No, you're playing video games for six hours. That's not resting in Jesus. Get off of that computer <laughs> and put your mind on Jesus. Okay, last week we talked about standing on the rock. Talked about the pebbles. Billy loves them pebbles. Inside joke. But God has asked us and called us to what? To stand on the rock. Not on a little pebble. Get the podcast if you didn't get it. The Lord Jesus says, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. And so that we find our confidence, we find our courage and our strength when we stand on the rock of Christ. But too many of us stand on other things. We stand on little pebbles, like what people say about us or how we look or our good gifts and talents that we have and things like that. Anyway, so we're obviously in a progression, a series of progression. Acknowledge God, sit down, stand up, and fourthly tonight, as we're finishing the series, the walk. You first got to learn to acknowledge God, then you sit down, then you can stand up. But sitting down and standing up ain't going to do you no good unless you learn how to walk with God all day long. You got your Bibles? You got your Bibles? All right, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. It's a very popular scripture. It's very well known and quoted. But we're going to shed light on it tonight and ask God to help us to live by it. Amen? All right, I say then, this is Paul. This whole book is amazing. Galatians, it's a really good book. But he says a lot of good stuff, and he's like, all right, look. Walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts or, or desires or craves against the spirit. Okay, the flesh, you're talking about your, your sinful nature. Man, my mic sounds loud. Doesn't it sound loud? Doesn't it sound a little loud? I'm good? All right, I'm good. I feel like I'm yelling, but I'm not really yelling, am I? Okay. The flesh is that sinful nature, and the spirit is the, the spirit of God who rose Jesus from the dead that dwells inside of you. Your flesh is contrary. It comes against. It doesn't like it. There's contradiction between your flesh and the Spirit of God. Okay, so your lusts, your desires, they rage against the Spirit. Okay, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, if you follow the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, these are the things of the flesh. If you follow your desires and your inclinations, this is what you're going to get. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, those who practice such things will not, inher- <clears throat> excuse me, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, or should I say the fruit of walking in the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh, those desires, right, with its passions and desires. Verse 25, and if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. We'll end there. Galatians 5, 16 through 25. If you do have your Bible, we'll also go over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 and we'll get going. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and we'll get going. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. This is the amplified version. I like how it reads. It says, God is faithful. Say amen. amen. God is faithful. He's reliable, trustworthy, and therefore ever true to his promise. And he can be depended on. By him, you were called into companionship and participation with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Did you hear that? By him, by God the Father, you were called into companionship and participation with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You excited? I hope so. I'm excited. All right, let's pray. You pray with me? God, we love you. We love you because you first loved us. And God, because of that, we're here tonight to take a few moments to worship you and to receive your word. And God, I pray that as we do that, Lord, that you would encourage your people. And God, that you'd even convict us and cause us, Lord, all of us, to be of one heart and one mind and be knit together in one spirit and one body. And that, God, that as you convict us, Lord, that you would cause us and teach us and show us how to live the life that you're calling us to live. Help us, Lord. We love you so much. We thank you, God, that you're on our side and that you're for us. God, we thank you so much. You've called us to fellowship with you. You've called us to walk with you and to be with you. We love you so much, Lord. Help us truly to live that out day by day, not just on a Thursday night, not just in a small group, not just on Sunday, but God, all day, every day. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Well, one of the things I can't stand is running. <clears throat> I can't stand running. And <laughs> I'm, I'm preaching now, like right now. Like I just feel inspired when I said that. <laughs> Very few times in the Bible were you here saying people were running, except Elijah when he was like running like, what was like, like crazy. He like runs faster than a horse. Very few times you find that word run. You find the word walk a lot. So that's why I don't like to run. I, I like walking. But I'm just trying to be a good Christian. So I'm just trying. I said it before. I haven't run a mile in a long time. I was sitting with Mike McSwain today. If you know him, you, you, you know Mike. If you know him, you've encountered Mike, right? And uh, we were just encouraging each other back and forth. And he goes, man, I'm, I'm so fired up. I could run a mile. And I go, well, I wouldn't run with you, but I, I'd watch you go, brother. <laughs> like, I'm fired up too, but I ain't running with you, you know. I ain't that fired up. Like, ain't gonna get, nobody's getting me that fired up. I don't run miles, man. But, you know, I'm okay with walking. But every time I come home, you know, Ashley's always wanting to go to walk. And, and, and I... I love being with her, and she's going to walk, so I just got to just go, you know, just drag my feet, you know, like, here we go. And, because uh, that's what a good husband does, you know. 
because I hate walking too. Like, okay, I don't mind walking around. Like, honestly, if I could just have a wheelchair or something just to cruise around in, or just like, yeah, one of those little, yeah. Have you seen those? Like, what do they call those things? They got like two wheels and you stand on them. Those things. I saw those downtown. I thought, Ashley, we need to get me one of those, girl. I'll go on a walk with you all the time, you know. Go well, go to the fair again. We'll walk all around, you know. Uh, she just looked at me, shook her head, and started walking. And but she always wants to go on a walk. And and one time she 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 said, well, "Let's go on a bike ride." I'm like, "Oh, sweet! Thought I beat the system." Mm-mm. No, w- biking is harder than walking. <laughs> That's a whole other message. You're working too hard when you're biking. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, well, one day Ash is like, hey, let's go on a walk. It's a nice sunny day. And this happens, like, all the time. It's, like, always sunny. It feels like, you know, it's like, it's not sunny out there. Yes, it is. Let's go. You know, like, okay, let's go. So we drive down to the coastal trail. But when I even say that, many of you are thinking, wait, where did you drive? Because it's pretty big. I didn't know that. I thought there was, like, a little, like, you know, half a mile, like, a little walk downtown. But apparently it's long. I didn't know this. Very important to look on Google Maps and look at the map of where you're walking before you say, hey, let's go, you know. And I got sandals because I'm thinking we're walking downtown. So I show up and Ashley was driving. No, wait, I was driving, but she was driving vicariously through me, if you know what I mean, like (laughs) telling me where to go and turn here and turn here. And so we show up at this place I've never been before in my entire life. Yeah. And we left our car, and we grabbed our wallets. Like, what are we grabbing our wallets for, honey? She's like, oh, we're going to eat downtown. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, how far is that? She's like, oh, it's, you know, the devil's a liar. (laughs) We start going. And we just started going. And I had sandals and I was complaining and whining, and we just kept going. But I was not like the Energizer Bunny. I just, kept, I just did not keep going and going and going. I just, like, I was complaining more and more. And Ashley's like, why can't you always got to complain? You know, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, it's the flesh, you know. <laughs> Jesus never walked this long, but that's not true. He did, actually. He did. And he wore sandals, too. But his are better than mine. You know, that's what I found out later. We walk all the way downtown. I'm sweating. I got, I got, I'm burnt. I roll up my sleeves. I got burnt all the way down here because it, it ended up being a nice day. And so I'm, I'm burnt. I'm scared. Like, like I'm freaking out. People are driving by me on bikes and stuff. And I, I was tempted to steal one guy's bike. He was walking it. Dude, why are you walking the bike, bro? Get on that thing and pedal, you know? I'm walking because I don't got a bike, nor do I have a moped. You know, and so, but anyway, I finally, we ended up getting there, and, and when we got downtown, I realized I had a revelation. You got to walk all the way back. <laughs> when we got downtown, I was so tired and even frustrated. You were frustrated? I was frustrated. I'm being honest and transparent. Don't judge me. I was frustrated and I was like, I've never driven one of those humongous buses, but I'm driving that bus back. And you can come with me if you want to or not. I'm getting, you know that bus station downtown? Jumped on that bus, and we headed right back to the car. 
I was so tired. And she still pulls on me every once in a while. Hey, you want to go on a walking ca- or a con- what's it, a continental trail or whatever? I'm like, coastal trail. It's more like the it's more like the Continental Express. Is what it's like, you know. Continental. What what is it? The coastal? What is it? Coastal? Coastal. It's like coastal trail. No, it's not. It's like the death trail, man. That thing is not the coastal. That thing goes forever. And then once you get downtown, you can just keep going. It's like you never have to stop walking. That's the thing about Ashley too. She's like. We finally get to the get to the down there by Simon and Seaford's where the coastal trail ends, and and it's almost like she ha- thinks like that trail just doesn't end. Let's just keep going. Well, where are we going? Oh, you know, we'll walk all the way down Fifth Avenue. We'll come down Fourth Avenue. We'll go up Third Avenue. We'll check all the shops. I'm like, what in the world? We just walked sinking nine miles. You know, I'm calling people. Hey, can you come pick me up, bro? <laughs> where are you at? downtown man <laughs> come get me you getting beat up or something no man i'm with my wife <laughs> she's got me locked down <laughs> you know she ain't here i don't know where she is don't tell her i said this no she knows i'm always she, she laughs at me but the funny thing is once i actually get on the trail i actually kind of like walking and I, and I don't mind it that much but i'm always making excuses you know i'll be like hey you want to go on a walk tonight honey and she'll be like yeah so i'll sit down and eat food and i'll get all full I'll be like you know it's getting kind of laid out you know, I could go rent a movie, you know. We could watch people walk. <laughs> It'll be just as fun, you know. And she's like, no, no, let's go on a walk. She's got Zayden all packed up and wrapped up and sticking him in his car seat and got the keys in her hands. I'm like, oh, are we going to drive? She's like, no, we're getting the stroller so we can go on a walk. I'm like, dang it, you know. I'll drive next to you, you know. I, I'll turn the music on and everything. We can talk. It'll be sweet. Well, one of the things I've learned about Ashley is that when you go on a walk with her, you got to ask her where we're going. If you don't, you're done for. Because she doesn't lie. So if you say, like, she, she has to say, like, if she says, like, we're going here, here, and then here, you're like, okay, cool. But if you don't ask her, she just feels liberated to do whatever she wants to do. Like, she, where's, where are we going? I don't know. We're just going to keep going. Where are we going? You know, like, what the heck? So I've learned to, to, to draw it out of her, to mine that out of her heart. Where are we going? And, once I've, and, then, and then the cool thing is when I ask her, I can help persuade her away from the longer trails, you know. She's like, we're going to Kincaid. I'm like, Kincaid, the devil's a liar, you know. Get all excited. And she's like, well, where do you want to go? Like, let's just go walk around our parking lot right here, you know. <laughs> let's walk down the stairs, walk right back up. Watch a movie, you know. But I learned something. I learned before you go on a walk, you got to know your path. You know what I'm saying? You got to know where you're walking. And you got to know who's leading you because if you're following somebody, you don't determine where you're going. They determine where you're going. And so where you're walking and who you're following is very, very important. I mean, I don't mind following my wife. She's beautiful and it's nice. But my goodness, where she goes is a different story. It's a different story. You know what I'm saying? And in our lives, in our lives spiritually and just all together, if we don't know where we're walking, we're going to end up somewhere real bad, like downtown. Downtown. 
like Mountain View. <laughs> Somebody's offended. And if you don't know who you're following, if you don't know who you're following, you're going to end up somewhere that you don't want to be. Isn't that right? So my question for you tonight is, where are you walking? Who are you following? And everybody here is saying, oh, Jesus, I'm following Jesus. Really? Well, because tonight I'm going to be able to show you some way, somehow, where you will be able to say you are or you aren't. Because the Bible clearly shows us what that really looks like, if you are or if you aren't. Where are you walking and who are you following? I think it's a good question to ask. Because there's a lot of people here going a lot of different places, on a lot of different paths. Hey, hey, uh, Brett, remember when uh, we went, me and you, I think Matthew was uh, there too. Gabe, we went go-karting. Were, were you there? Were, oh, Matthew, you were there? Were you there? Cameron, you were there? Got a, man, they just blew the stinking story, bro. Just kidding. We show up, and me and Cameron are poor, so we're like, dude, we ain't riding. You know, there's like eight guys, and everybody's wanting to go go-karting. And, and, uh, and so, Brett, Brett, do you mind if I share this story? Is that cool? All right. It's all you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I'm blushing up here and stuff. Uh, and we show up, and, well, Brett, they didn't, they, they didn't have a cart that was going to be able to work for him. So he, sh- he, shows, <laughs> he shows up, and they're like, dude, we want to hook you up. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, you're not going to not come here and not ride a go-kart. And he's like, sweet. So they're out in the back, like, working on it. Me and Cameron are watching Matthew and all those goons going around in circles. And, dude, I love you, Matt. But, dude, you guys are just like, <laughs> you know. It's, it's so funny when you're watching people drive around because they're going so much slower than they act. You know what I mean? Like when you're in it, you feel like you're going 400 miles an hour, you know, like this. But when you're watching people, you're like, just like, you know, just putting along. Like, they're not even going anywhere, you know. Um, so me and Cameron are sitting there watching everybody, and, and Brett is, is chilling. We're all just hanging out. And, and this guy pulls out this go-kart, and it's all, like, manufactured and customized for, for Brett, dude. It's just all decked out. And by the way... It was the fastest go-kart. He says it wasn't because he just thinks he's like a good driver or something. But, dude, that was the f- – they put, like, speed boosters on that thing or something. What? NOS. He, they put NOS on that thing. He had, like, bigger tires and stuff. And he had a, he had a coach coaching him, teaching him how to go around the track. This is my reason for why I lost. So, anyway, so Brett's like, dude, I want to go. And the, the guy look, looks at me in camera. He's like, hey, dude, like, do you guys want to go too? We're like, I guess, you know, like, so we like run in there. And, and the cool thing is that like, have you ever been go-karting before? Anybody been go-karting? You show up and you have like six lanes. Whoa, six lanes. Bam, 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 bam. And you get to pick whatever car you want to pick. And you get to be in any lane you want to be in. Well, Brett was chosen for him. He was called of God and appointed and that car was appointed for him. But me and Cameron got ghetto little beaters. Oh, no, you didn't. You got a fast one. Me and Matthew got ghetto because they, dang it, I was the only one. I got the only slow one. <laughs> oh, Matt got a slow one. There you go. You get to choose your car. And you get to choose your path. 
And you can't make excuses for your path and the car that you've been on. I still do to this day about that go-kart experience. Trying to justify it. But in your life, you get to choose the path that you walk on. You get to choose the car you drive, if you will. And it's important that you know the path that you're walking on. It's important that you know where you're going before you start going. Because you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to be. Ephesians 2.1 says, Following the course and fashion of this world. My question for you tonight is, are you following the course and fashion of this world? Ephesians 4.17 says, You should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. following the course of the fashion of this world and walking according to what the Gentiles, or we should say the unbelievers, walk. There's different courses and paths that we can take. We don't want to take the course of this world, and we don't want to take the path of the fashion of this world. But what are those things? What is our culture saying? What, what path is our culture on? I think it's important for us to ask this question because if you're doing or involved in these things, then you're on the path of this culture. In Galatians 5.16, when it says walk in the Spirit, that word walk means to walk at large, to be occupied with and to be engaged in. To be occupied with and to be engaged in. So when we're talking about walking, my question for you and, and my, yeah, my question for you tonight is what are you engaged in on a daily basis? What are you occupied with? Or should I say, who are you occupied with? And preoccupied with. Because like I said a moment ago, it's one thing to sit down in Christ, stand up in Christ, and it's a whole other thing to on a daily basis, moment by moment, walk with Christ. So who are you engaged in? And what are you engaged with? And what are you occupied with? One of the things that this, our culture is occupied with is education. I love education. I think you should get educated. It's important for you to be educated. But there is this high value, too high of a value, on being educated and being educated is far more important than anything else and getting done on time with your education is far more important than anything else you need to get done with your education in four years of college you need to be done jesus didn't come and start a school don't feel pressured to walk on that path that you have to be educated now listen i challenge and encourage you to be educated especially if god is leading you and to go to college that's important but don't do it because everybody tells you to do it because if that's the case college is a very big deal like it consumes a lot of your time, doesn't it? If you're going to college, it consumes a lot of your time, doesn't it? And so if you're going to choose to go to college because somebody else is pressuring you to go to college, 
then who are you walking after? Who are you following? Once again, don't hear me say that I'm saying don't go to college. You should be encouraged to go to college by me. I'm encouraging you. But don't do it because I'm telling you. Do it because you have a passion and a desire and you feel burdened to go to college for a reason, not just to get educated. Sex. Sex is good when you're married. Anybody else? It's very good when you're married. But the course of this world and the patterns of this world and of this culture tell you that sex is good before marriage. And to have sex and to have sexual intercourse and sexual relationships before marriage. And that's just something to rob you and to steal from you of what God has intended in marriage. And maybe it's not actually sex. Maybe it's just watching videos. Or maybe it's just looking at pornography. Maybe it's just continually lusting after that male or that female. And every day you wake up and every day that you go down to sleep, it just consumes you. You're walking on a path of sexual immorality. And it will only lead to destruction. And you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Our culture also teaches you, just do anything that makes you happy. I think happiness is important, but it's also a new ageism. That you should do anything you can to make you happy. Well, some dude just cut me off. And what would make me happy is running in the back of his car. Now, that probably not me, but okay, actually it would, depending on the situation, all right? You see what I'm saying? That's stupid philosophy. Do anything you, Do everything you can that makes you happy. And don't do something if it doesn't make you happy. Really? So now are we following happiness or are we following Jesus? Because those, th- those two don't always go hand in hand. What always comes hand in hand with Jesus is joy. But what does not always come hand in hand with Jesus is happiness and bliss. Because you will find struggles and hardships in your life. And you may not always feel happy, but you can have peace if you're following Jesus. But if you're following after happiness, happiness will only let you down because you will not be able to find happiness in our world. If you do, it's temporary. It's momentary. It's not long-lasting. It's not joy that abides in you. It's just an external feeling that you get for a temporary season. But if you're following Christ, Christ gives you joy that sustains you and gives you strength. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what place you're in, God can give you joy. But we follow happiness. And we do, and many of us live by this even now. You're not following Jesus. You're following anything that makes you happy. Including that girl or that boy. Well, she makes me happy. Shoot, you know. I'm going to drink that because it makes me happy. I'm going to stay up late and play video games because it makes me feel good. I'm... I'm going to talk bad about that person because I don't like them because it makes me feel better. You see what I'm saying? Don't pursue happiness. It'll only let you down. Success is another one. Be successful. 
Gabriel, are you telling me we should all be failures? No, I'm not saying we should all be failures. I'm saying that success is not defined by what the world says success is. Success is defined by what Jesus says success is. Success is. And success is relationship, a loving relationship with God and a loving relationship with one another. And this is important because you cannot say that you're in a loving relationship with God if you're not loving him with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. That means you're being faithful with what you got. That means you're being intentional to learn and to get educated in some way to do what God's made you to do, to grow in your gifts. That means loving God with your whole person. You can't say that you love God with your whole person if you're just being lazy and hanging out. God defines success. Success is being in love with him, and success is being in love with his people. And if you're in that place, because this, this, is, this is the thought. If success is be rich, get a big home, and get a nice car, then what if we live in a place like Abraham, where he was wealthy, but there were many people around him who were not. Look at Noah. Was it Noah not successful when he was up on a mountain in a boat by himself and everything else in the world was dead? Was he not successful or was he the most successful man because he was walking with God? Success is not determined by what the world says success is. Success is determined by what God says success is. A lot of S's. Don't laugh at me. Gosh, I'm trying to speak, okay? Two times in the book of Genesis where the word walked is mentioned. One time, it's of Noah, and a chapter before, it's of, anybody guess? Enoch. Noah and Enoch. Enoch walked with God. The Bible says Enoch walked with God, and then he was not <laughs> because God took him up to heaven. <laughs> Careful when you're walking with God. And the Bible says that Noah walked with God, and he goes, hey, you want to build me a boat? You know, yes. Two people walked with God, and those two people were, one of them was taken to heaven with God. The other one was preserved. Both were preserved because they walked with God. Success is not defined by what our world says success is. Success is defined by walking in a relationship with God. And if you're in a relationship with him, you're walking in his will, you are successful. Drugs is also what our culture talks about. I don't need to get into all that. Drugs are bad. But people follow that. People get wrapped up in that and addicted to drugs. Or alcohol. I just got to throw that in there. Another thing that we walk in is fear. We don't live a life of faith we follow a path of fear. I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid that if I do that, that person's going to think I'm stupid. I'm not going to go to school because I'm afraid I might fail. I'm, I'm not going to go meet that person because I'm afraid that if I meet that person, then they might make fun of me. I, I'm not going to go do a mission trip because I'm afraid if I go to a mission trip, I might get sick. I'm, I'm not going to go to my school and minister to my school friends, my friends, my school friends, my friends at school, because I'm afraid that they might make fun of me. 
I'm not going to go to my home and love my family because if I love them, they might make fun of me because I'm a strong Christian. I'm not going to go to my workplace and love people at my workplace because I'm afraid that if maybe if I do that, they might make fun of me or persecute me. And we're not following Jesus anymore. We're following fear. God gave me a word in my heart. But I'm not going to share that with somebody because I'm afraid if I share that with somebody, they might not think it's good. Fear. It's one of the biggest paths in our world. Another human. I think it's important that we follow in some way another human. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't follow people. What I'm saying is that if you begin to follow after somebody and they begin to direct your life, something's wrong. And I mainly, I'm talking about this mainly between males and females and the relationships they're in. Okay, you hear what I'm saying? If you're not married, stop following that person. That's good preaching. Because you know what? There's so many in high school and junior high and in college in this age group. There's too many of you, too many of us here, and too many in our schools, too many in our world that are not, they say they're Christians, but they're not following Christ. They're following their significant other. We should start calling, this is my significant other. Oh, yeah, it's Sarah, you know. Also my significant other. But that's what most of us do. Oh, no, Gary, I'm with you, man. I, I'm staying single till the rapture. Bachelor till the rapture. <laughs> and if you're called, bless you. You know, don't share it with me, but. <laughs> but don't be ruled. Don't be ruled by another person. Your heart. You follow your heart. People say all the time, there's so many movies. I was watching Land Before Time last night. Yes! Land Before Time. And all, and all I heard was, I heard the mom say to the kid as she was dying, you know, I'm crying. I'm like, what the heck is this movie? I don't even remember this part, you know? She's like, follow your heart. And that's what most people teach. We come to people who ask for counsel and wisdom like, brother, just follow your heart, brother. Just follow your heart. You're like, okay, you know, what does that even mean? <laughs> the Bible says in Genesis 6, the heart of man is evil, even to every intent, desire, and motivation. Don't follow your heart. Your heart's deceitful. Follow Jesus. Principles. We have a lot of principle followers. Do-goodism. There's a lot of preaching of do-goodism, even in the church. It's one of the worst stinking doctrines that are in the church today. It's just do good. And all these principles, that if you do all these principles, then you're a good person. It's not about doing principles. If God wanted to do, have us to do principles, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to, heaven, to earth. He would have sent a box of principles that we could follow. 
Principles are important. If you want to follow a principle, follow this principle. Walk with the Spirit of God. There are good principles that God teaches, and God is a God of principle. God is a God of order, for sure. And he works with principle. But God's purpose and will always supersedes principles. You with me? And finally, rules. Rules. A bunch of rules and regulations. Read my Bible every day. I got to pray every day. I'm never going to look at that girl again. I'm never going to lust after that car again. <laughs> Lord help me. I'm never going to lust after that guy again. I'm never going to gossip. Hey, careful. I'm talking vicariously through a female, okay? I'm just, I'm trying to, you gotta, you gotta hear me. That's weird. That's twice I've used that word tonight. Vicarious. Okay, anyway. I've used the word like me like 12 times too, but I didn't mention that one. <laughs> you with me? Because I just got lost. Where am I at? <laughs> so it's like one of those fillers. You hear what I'm saying? Rules. Are you following a bunch of rules? Look, God doesn't want you to work for him. God wants you to walk with him. Let me say that again. God doesn't want you to work for him. He wants you to walk with him. God didn't hang on a cross so you could do a bunch of rules. He hung on a cross. And he died. He was buried. He rose again. He was ascended into heaven and he gave his spirit to be inside of you and to be with you so that you could walk with him. Not do a bunch of rules. Not apply a bunch of principles. But to follow Jesus and to walk with him. What did Jesus do when he walks up to the fisherman fishing? He says what? He says, come and follow me, doesn't he? He doesn't say, here's six principles and rules I want you to do. He says, I want you to follow and walk with me. If we're not walking with the Spirit, if we're not walking with Jesus, then what are we following? What are we after? Who are we following? Second, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1.9. By him you were called into companionship and participation with his Son. Jesus Christ, our Lord. You are called to walk with Jesus. You are called to have fellowship with Jesus. You are made for the purpose of having companionship with Jesus. God is calling you, God is calling me into fellowship with him. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm already doing that. Okay, let me ask you this question then. If you were to stop following Jesus tomorrow, would your life look any different than today? If you were to stop following Jesus tomorrow, then would your life look any different than today? Okay, maybe you wouldn't go to church anymore, and maybe you wouldn't read your Bible. But would your life look any different if you stopped following Jesus tomorrow? Because if it looked any different then you have a good chance of following Jesus. But if nothing changed, and you're still a punk, and you're still lazy, and you still just kind of hang out, 
and you just follow your own desires and inclinations, that's what's happening. You're just following your own desires. You're just following your own heart. You're just following the culture of this world. You don't have an intimate, real relationship with Jesus. God is not calling you to be a good person. God is calling you to follow Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, if you walk with Jesus, if you have a relationship and fellowship with Jesus, the fruit of that fellowship is love. It's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's peace, it's joy, it's self-control. But you got to know, you can't just try to do those cool, good things. You have to fellowship and walk with Jesus. That's what you're called to and made for. But you're running from it. There's so many of us in here tonight that you're just doing good things and you're just following a few of those things I've listed off tonight. And you're wondering, what's my problem? Why don't I have peace? Why don't I have joy? Why am I not filled with passion? Why am I not filled with courage? It's because you're not following Jesus. You're just doing what you want to do. Because if you're following Jesus, if you're in connection and relationship and fellowship with him, if you take that time on a daily basis to sit and rest in him and to stand on what he's done and to walk with him day in, day out, moment by moment, God will supply you love. And God will supply you joy to be your strength. And God will supply you peace no matter what the circumstance or situation. And God will give you self-control in the midst of any tempting thing. And God will show you how to be long-suffering, how to be patient, even when somebody's being a punk or you're having a really tough time and you don't want to deal with something. I'm, th- I'm saying things like that because I have my Invisalign in. But stay with me. Man, I, I want to see God... I want to see God do something radical, crazy in our city. But he's not just going to do it just with a big bang. He's going to do it through human beings. He's going to do it through souls. He's going to do it through you and me. But he does it through relationship. He doesn't do it by you doing a bunch of good things. He does it while you are walking with him on a daily basis, listening to him, fellowshipping with him, worshiping him, thanking him. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm telling you that God is calling you. The Bible says he has called you into that fellowship. Your phone is ringing, but you're ignoring it over and over. As I say this tonight, you even hear the word of God that has been spoken to you as you're sitting there on your computer, as you're sitting there with that person of the opposite sex that you shouldn't be with, that you shouldn't be spending as much time with, that you shouldn't be sexually involved with. You hear that word that is sounding forth. And as I say it tonight, you hear it again and you know I am called into that fellowship with God, but you're running from it. You're ignoring it. The heavens, God, from from all creation and from heaven is beckoning he's calling you to be with him to have fellowship with him to walk with him not to live out your parents faith not to do good because somebody tells you to do good jesus didn't die so you could do good things jesus died so you could live in in fellowship and walk with him christianity was known for people walking with jesus you know, Peter, James, and John, they were seen by the, the, by the, the council of the Sanhedrin back in, the, in Jerusalem when all these crazy things were going on. I don't got time to explain it. Long story short, they come to Peter, James, and John, and they say, these men must have spent time with Jesus because they're so different. And they began to call them people of the way because they are on a path completely different and you want to see revival in your city but you don't follow jesus 
I wonder why. This is why. Jesus is the one who does revival. Not you and not me. The Bible says that he's going out and he's doing a work in our city. He is. But he's doing it through us. He's doing it through those who are following him. God is wanting to do a work in your family. God, God is wanting to do a work in your school, in your classroom, at your workplace. God is wanting to do that. But, but we don't listen to him. We listen to happiness. We listen to our culture. We listen to the rules that we've created. But if we listen to Jesus, what we will hear is love my people. Spend time with the brokenhearted. Sit down with somebody and listen to them and encourage them. Stop being lazy and stop being selfish and walk with me in what I've called you to. That's what God said to Abraham in Genesis 17 verse 1. Walk before me. That's what God wants of us to do. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to learn how to rest in him, to stand on what he's done, and to walk with him. Listening to his voice, listening to his spirit. I'm just... I see it so many times, spending time with people. If you think I'm talking about you, I'm not. Just people in general. It frustrates me. We say we're Christians. We have no relationship with Jesus. Christianity is nothing less and nothing more in relationship with Jesus. That's all he wants. He wants us to walk with him. The Bible says that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Proverbs. God wants to be a friend that is closer to you than a brother or a sister. And he's calling you now. And he'll call you tomorrow. And he'll call you Saturday. And he'll call you Sunday. And he'll call you to the day you die. Now that you answer that call and choose to trade your entire life to walk with him and to follow him, or you keep ignoring it and living your half-hearted, mediocre life and just getting by, all in the name of Christianity. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> Are you understanding what I'm saying tonight? Do you see the difference between walking with Jesus and following some other principle or 
our world. Do you see the difference? If I could just make it real clear, it's, it's this. It's, I challenge you on a daily basis to acknowledge Christ. To acknowledge the fact that he's there with you. To rest in what he's done for you. To stand on who he is. And simply just to fellowship with him. And to obey him all the days of your life. You want to be caught up in heaven? Walk with God. You want to experience what Enoch experienced by being taken up into heaven? Walk with God. Because there's a fine line. It's very fine. And there's only one path. Jesus isn't on multiple paths. He's on one path. Can we, can we do that? Like, can we, can we answer that? I'm not talking about just coming here on a Thursday night and worshiping and singing and praying for people. That's important, and that's, that's, that's part of walking with God. I'm talking about you daily, in and out, fellowshipping with Jesus because he loves you so much. Do you want to know why you're having such a tough time? And why you're struggled or frustrated? Why you're depressed? It's not because of your situation necessarily. It's because you're on the wrong path. You're following the wrong person or the wrong thing. I'm not saying that if you follow Jesus that life will get easy. I'm saying that if you follow Jesus, all that you need is in him. And no matter what the circumstance or situation, you'll be satisfied in him. And so if you're not satisfied tonight, I challenge you, call on him. If you don't have peace tonight in your heart that you're right with God, I challenge you, repent and turn and connect with Jesus and fellowship with him and walk with him. Because this is what you're made for. And you know that as I say that, you know that what I'm saying is right. Praise God. I thank God that he has called me and he has called you into fellowship with him. The God of the universe desires to walk with us. And it is the most amazing and enjoyable thing ever. It's what we were made for. Let's answer that call. Would you pray with me?